And that a dangerous way of treating this in the, the vantage point of relationship to God is, I'm doing this to impress God, or look, I'll rack up my God points. But, okay, if it's not that, how is it that going without something can help connect me to God? That's the, the important question. So for me, the idea of fasting, especially like fasting from a meal, or maybe mm-hmm. from a day's worth of meals, mm-hmm. um, is that the time of what is spent eating that meal mm-hmm. is then spent in prayer or scripture reading or some other spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, that's how fasting helps connect yeah. me to God. Yeah. And it also reminds me that, you know, the, the hunger pangs that I feel, it reminds me of that scripture, you know, people do not live on bread alone, but yeah. by the very word of God. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what Jesus quotes to Satan in the desert yeah. when Satan says, turn these rocks and, you know, into bread. And Jesus is like, no, God says, you know, man does not live on bread alone. Um, it's a reminder that God is the one who feeds me. Yeah. Not necessarily, I mean, food nourishes me, mm-hmm. but God feeds me. And God's word feeds me. To me, the, the value for connecting with God can be almost like um, what the, the point of childhood vacations were for me. For When I was growing up, there was this regular spot on Lake Erie that our family would go to for vacation. And in some ways, it was like, it would seem like the opposite of what a kid would find exciting. Because we went to a place where there weren't TVs. It was a week where you weren't going to have television. Uh, and we would like rent a house or stay in a hotel in a room that didn't have a television. And there's basically outdoor activities. Um, and there's, you know, like you didn't go shopping. You didn't go to the movie. That, but like there's all sorts of stuff to do. There's a lake and there's playground and things like that. And in the simplicity and the changing up of the regular routine, it wasn't that we were saying when we went on vacation, television is bad. But like for a while, we're going to get that out of our system and discover... There is all sorts of good things, and we found ourselves reconnecting with creation, with each other, and doing all... And and I can't do that forever, because you can't be on vacation forever, but it allowed us then to go back to regular... And I think fasting in the same way. Yes. Nobody, nobody would, would wisely advocate... Fast forever, you should never eat. That's a way to die. Um, but um, the idea of for a season to go without as a way of clarifying or discovering unappreciated joys and simplicity in other ways, that can be a really helpful, like a palate cleanser almost. Yes. And, and some people fast uh, to get clarification from God because, again, you're spending extra time with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're trying to make a decision or you're trying to you know figure out, okay... God, I've got two paths in front of me, you know, which one, they're both good, but which one are you calling me to? Right, right, right. You know, and and so spending that extra time with God, you know, and and really listening for his voice versus, you know, listening to the hunger pangs or whatever else that that you're fasting from, you know, gives you that chance to, to hear God in a new and a fresh way. Yeah, yeah. And again, if my underlying assumption is not, because I'm going without food, that will impress God, and God will speak yeah. in a way that God wouldn't. Because again, throughout, read, read the Hebrew Scriptures, and the prophets are all, all again and again telling the people, you've got the fasting theology wrong, you seem to think that when you're going without food, that that impresses God, and how come you have not answer God? Look, we're not eating, why aren't you noticing? That was never the point. Let this be something that allows clarity, and maybe even appreciation of things that you didn't, that you come to take for granted. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of a book I read maybe like five or six years ago um, by Jen Hatmaker uh, called Seven. And it's, uh, it, I think it started like as a blog for her, interestingly enough, and then became this book um, where in a different month of her life, so for seven months, she pared down that part of her life to seven essential things. And so she did a month where it was 
all of her, and she did. It, she she writes about this as just her individual choices. She didn't make her whole family go through this, but there, there's interesting interaction about how her family went through this too. But so for a month that it was food, she limited herself personally to just seven different ingredients that had to cover all of her meals. She had to be creative about how am I going to use and what things will be nutritional enough that I can you know live for that amount of time. So she had to like seriously reevaluate things like. Am I getting decent nutrition in my regular routine? Because in my regular life, I'm just eating whatever. And now, so she pared it down to things like, you know, like chickpeas and um, chicken and some kind of vegetables and some kind of, like, like, so she had these pretty basic ingredients and then had like a million different variations she had to discover. And she writes out, some days it was easy, sometimes it was really hard. She gave herself permission to like, if she got invited to a party, she wasn't going to be a party pooper and say, no, I have to eat these dry oats. And, like, she, you know, but it, 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 and so she was able to be flexible, but like, it was about discovering the value of simplicity. And by pairing stuff out, she could pick and choose when that month was over. What do I really want to pick back up? And what things do I discover I thought were good, but really aren't good? And then in the course of the book, she does it with um, like different areas of her life. So for one month in her clothing life, seven outfits for the whole month that she had to just have in rotation. One fancy in case I have to go somewhere important and regular casual and whatever. But it, it forced her, one, to see how much overabundance she was living with and also um, what things are really important and why it's important to have, you know, good, decent pair of jeans or shoes and not necessarily what's fancy or most expensive, but what will last, that kind of thing. So she does this with seven different areas of her life and uh, as you read the book, you can sort of get the day-by-day the -day lived experience of, man, this part is hard, this is what I'm learning in this. But in some ways, it was, it was for me, a, like a reinvention of the idea of fasting. Mm -hmm. what, it, it was not at all the, I'm getting rid of this entirely, it's so terrible, it's awful, I can't wait for it to be over, and God wanted to impress. And it was more about the, discovering the joy of, of simplifying. In, in a way, way before Marie Kondo was fashionable about the, you know, does this bring you joy? It was sort of a, a similar kind of, of exercise. And for me, the idea of simplicity in fasting has been a really helpful idea. Yeah, I, I think for me that's that's also key, you know, just bringing back things to what is simple, what, mm -hmm. what is basic, what what do I need and what do I not need. Yeah. And, and fasting has taught me that over the years, whether it's be fasting from food or fasting from, you know, caffeine or, you know, yeah. a, a particular type of food or, or food for a day or a period of days or, yeah. you know, um, I have tried fasting from music through Lent, hmm. um, like outside of like obviously church services and stuff, because I'm a music person. Yeah, and that's just my go-to. Like I always have music on in the background. Right. And, um, so like long drives in the car, like all of a sudden I'm in silence, which yeah. means, well, what a great time to talk to God when I'm right. driving in the car, you know, right. rather than listen to music and it maybe it's probably worship music because that's what I tend to listen to, but still like it forced me to not just like hear this pretty music in the background, but it forced me to be like, okay, God, what do you want to say to me while I have two hours to drive? Yeah. And I love that idea that it's not about saying the thing that you're going without is bad or wicked or sinful, because then taking it up again feels like, oh, I guess it's okay to be like, yeah. it's more like, this is a fine thing. I'm going to see what happens if for a season I live without it. See what things I notice or pay attention to or how I use my time differently. And yeah, maybe I'll learn something. Maybe that's how we get ourselves jarred out of dull or stale seasons of life. Is that kind of jarring? In a lot of ways, I feel like that's what a lot of us did during this last Christmas yeah. season. Uh -huh. um, uh, because 
you know, like my congregations did not have in-person Christmas Eve service. We had it all online because we felt like the temptation of singing along with the Christmas carols was too great. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's when a lot of people tend to come. And what if somebody who is contagious but asymptomatic um, comes and sings Silent Night loudly and defiantly mm -hmm. and then spreads COVID to mm -hmm. many, many people? Like, that risk was just too great. So we had a, what I thought was a very beautiful online service. Um, but it was in having, you know, sitting on my couch, mm -hmm. watching and singing along and participating with Christmas Eve, but at home, you know, it's, you notice what is different, you know, instead of having Holy Communion, my family was eating chocolate chip cookies that we had baked earlier that day because it was Christmas Eve. Um, but it was in that absence that I think I noticed the most, like it reminded me more of God's love and forgiveness. You know, because we are so used to having communion where we're handed a piece of bread or a wafer and being told, this is the body of Christ given for you, that that sort of becomes stale. And, you know, I don't really want to say that it's stale, but, like, it is. Like, we take it for granted. Like, we have heard these words a hundred times, and suddenly not hearing them, it was jarring, and it reminded me more so than if I had been at a Christmas Eve service in person. And I think, you know, most of 2020 with the pandemic and everything, as much as we hate the idea of fasting and it's not one of our favorite spiritual disciplines, we all did it in some way, shape, or form. Yes. You know, again, we often think of it as being food, but like, you know, some of us learn to work from home and rather than their offices, which, you know, that, that doesn't seem like fasting, but it, it's a different headspace and a different, for me, at least, I really struggle to work from home because there's just too many distractions around. Yes. You know, and, and it's just, but it forced me to, you know, I'm a hugger. I've had to fast from hugs this past year, and that's been really hard. Like, I just, I was sharing with a friend the other day um, that it's been like a year since I've hugged my own parents. Mm -hmm. Because even while we've seen each other, we've not hugged each other, you know, and, and for somebody whose physical touch is a love language, that's been a hard thing. And I didn't realize it until you know, we're having this discussion, like that's something I have fasted from and I've had to deal with and figure out how God can replace that for me and, and be that person for me because God's a spiritual being. I can't hug God, but I can feel that love and that connection through other ways. So It's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting how in, in all this... Um, fasting can also be a way of connecting us to other people in a way that you wouldn't expect. Because like you say, it, it's so often fasting feels like a removal the absence of. Um, and yet sometimes the value of fasting can be the way it brings to mind folks who, whose lifetime is going without, whose regular condition yeah. is, and that there can be a value there too. So like you talked before about the, the feeling of hunger pains can be a moment where that turns you to prayer for discernment or whatever, but it can also be something that turns us toward, oh man, I'm hungry by you know, a little bit of inconvenience right now for a short time, but when this is all done, when Lent is over or when my fast is done, I can go back to you know, the McDonald's drive-thru if I choose, but man, there's lots of folks for whom like, they're constantly in need, um, and it's a way of connecting me potentially toward people that when you're comfortable, it's easy to be insulated from. 
Mm-hmm. And in my mind, that suggests to me a connection that maybe I hadn't, I hadn't thought of until today, that um, one of those passages from the prophets, from the book of Isaiah, that talks about fasting, is this point where Isaiah uh, rails against the people because they're doing the fasting and they think, God, how come you're not noticing? And Isaiah's response is, here's the fast God was really interested in, to take care of the neighbor who's in need, and to welcome the stranger in your house, and to clothe the naked. And, uh, and, and So he goes through this list of things you could be doing to help your neighbor, how come you're not doing that? That's the fast God really cared about all along. You were never impressing God. But the idea that maybe when I'm going without food, instead of me saying, God, aren't you noticing? Maybe the real question could be, am I going to start to notice people for whom this is their constant life all the time? And what am I going to do about it? That it's easy for me to go back to eating as much food as I want and then all you can eat buffet culture or life or whatever. Oh, but... There are lots of people who don't know where their next meal is coming from, or lots of folks yeah. who don't have a place to feed their kids or whatever, and why am I okay with that? I know what it's like to be hungry now, even just for a little bit. What am I going to do about it? And, and in that sense, it seems like fasting can be a way of connecting us to other people um, and to, to deepen our way to love neighbor, not just to be in Jesus thing. We've talked throughout this whole series that like the spiritual disciplines seem at their best when they not only work on the me and God thing, but also do something to connect with other people. Um, I've thought about how in the course of the pandemic in our family, and this is not fasting, this is in a way splurging, but because we were so aware of like local businesses that were hurting, especially when they were shut down, it became our, our ritual in our family that Fridays we would order dinner off from a local restaurant. And for my kids, they had to learn this, like, it's not going to be McDonald's, even though that was their favorite place. No, we're picking a local place that, you know, would be especially hard hit. So what are the local places? And it meant that we got to have a lot more, like, international cuisine. So we ate, you know, the Thai restaurant more than we usually would in the Mexican place and the Indian restaurant. Um, and in, in, in a way, that was cool just to give our kids that kind of exposure that we might not have had as much. Um, but also the sense of we're making this choice using our money and our one time we're going to order out for the week to help our neighbor uh, in ways rather than um, ordering a pizza from the chain place or something like that. We can order a pizza from the local place because that will help and that, that kind of thing. And again, it, became, it, it wasn't religious exactly, except it was we can use this moment, change our habits in a way that turn our attention towards somebody else. And I think at its best, fasting in whatever form can do something like that for us too. So how do we go about fasting? Like, what do we fast from? How long do we fast for? What? How do you do it, right? Yeah, I mean, how do you do it? Because, right. you know, we, we said early on, oftentimes we think it, it's food-related, right. it's not necessarily always food-related. And I guess I'd say, if you are thinking, if someone is thinking of that food-related approach, it's smart not just to do that on a whim without having thought it out, but to do some honest, serious calculation, things like watch yourself in the course of a regular day or week. Do I have a problem when I'm getting, you know, hungry between meals? Does that affect, am I, am I the kind of person who it's going to manifest in the way I treat other people? Is it going to, it, it, does it endanger like my blood sugar, things like that? In which case, be mindful. And maybe it's not a fast from everything or you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And also maybe if you're going to think out, okay, I'm going to pare down what I eat, be seriously thinking about not just, I'm only going to eat one meal a day, but it'll be super big, you know, deep fried. But like, no, maybe it's, if the idea is about simplifying, it's not about impressing, I well, I went down to one meal instead of three, but it's, like a meal that counts as three meals. Yeah. I, I think first for me, I would have to think about context. Mm-hmm. As in, what am I hoping to gain from this? Uh-huh. Um, occasionally in my house, we we fast from using our phones in the living room. Mm-hmm. And, we, and the intention isn't 
religious. It's not like, oh, we want to connect with God. Mm -hmm. It's we want to connect with our kids. We're realizing that we're using our phones too much in the living room, that when we do, the kids are instantly like, oh, let's play a video game on your phone. And it's just too much screen time. Mm -hmm. So we will, so our context and our goal is we want to connect with our kids. So we'll do it for usually a month because that is because then for a good couple of months after that like that habit is broken of mm-hmm. we've sat down on the couch we're going to pull out our phone that habit's broken for us as the adults and it's broken for the kids of um oh mom sat down so let's swarm her and see if we can talk her into mario run mm-hmm. um and so like that's how we start framing it is by first asking ourselves what is the intention yep. And then we start building the rules of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, because this is mostly so we can connect with the kids. So therefore, when the kids go to bed, yes, we can pull out our phones, mm-hmm. and like then it's okay. Or the kids aren't home, so therefore, yes, then we can use our phones. Right. Um, so we first start off with the intention, so then that way we know that the rules are following that intention. Yeah. Um, I really liked yours, Erica, saying that you gave up music for Lent. Because, like, that intention is very, like, kind of was overarching in parts of my life, your life that I wouldn't have thought about. Like, oh, how does that affect me in the car? How does it affect me when I'm home? How does it affect me when I'm writing my sermon if I suddenly don't have my favorite background music to help focus me? Um, but, like, yeah, so then you start thinking about in what areas is it going to affect me and... Um, especially if it's food related, that's when I would start thinking about like, oh, if I give up this food, how is it going to affect me? Yeah. Or um, instead of food, if I give up this, like, how is this going to help my overall intention? Yeah. And that also helps to clarify the the question of maybe a duration or time bounds on something too. If if like you mentioned, Erica, the possibility of using a fast to help with clarity for discernment, you might say, I'm going to do this until I get an answer, or it might be. All right, reasonably I can take this at a three-week-at-a-time, you know, installment or something like that. Um, but that's a harder, I mean, the, the, because it involves our physical health, it's one to be more closely attuned to than, like, the, the screens out of the living room idea is the kind of thing you could say, you know what, we think it's probably going to be good for an X amount of time because we're going to live without our screens one way or the other. And you can, you can make bigger declarations about that for longer blocks of time if you choose to, especially if it's about forming good habits. In, in, and I think that's important, that the idea that you can use something like that as a way of creating room for a good habit to be formed. Again, it's not saying screens equal evil so much as how do we create moments for communion or community in, in, within our family or household or how do we appreciate each other when we're physically in the room together. We'll limit these other things so that there's you know, fallow soils, there's room for other things to spring up. And that may be how you end up with time to talk with each other or play board games or read a book together or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, you know, we're, we're talking about timelines and how long to do these kind of things, especially when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, advice that I have always gotten and that I give others when I, when I preach about fasting or talk about fasting, you know, check with your doctor, mm-hmm. you know, because there's certain, you know, if you're a diabetic, fasting from food is probably not a good idea yeah. for you. You know, find something else, your phone, a TV, whatever to pass from, you know, and, and set that timeline of what you can reasonably do. I have a friend, um, I don't know how he does it except for the help of the Holy Spirit, who multiple times has fasted for 40 days. Wow. Um, I, I'm lucky to do it for two. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> then after two days, then I start to get angry. Uh, I start to get headaches. I start, you know, 
Um, you know, but, but set up that, you know, I really like the idea of setting up that time frame and, you know, because we, we talked about these disciplines, sometimes, you know, you're, you're not always going to do well with them. Mm -hmm. But if you set up a time frame, especially a shorter one, um, you know, it gives you a better chance of being successful in doing it. And so fasting is a good thing that, like, I'm going to start with one meal mm -hmm. once a week. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll go to two meals mm -hmm. twice a week, you know, work your way up to something or, you know, choose a food a particular food item or something to give up for this season of Lent, which mm -hmm. will be coming up here shortly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, starting on the 17th of February. Like, you know, choose a time frame that works for you and, and a means that works for you. You know, giving up the screen time with your, with the kids around could eventually lead, as they get older, to a conversation about fasting from other things and mm -hmm. doing it for religious purposes, not just for connecting mm -hmm. as a family. Mm -hmm. So... And so the idea then that this is like all spiritual practices we've talked about, but this is it's safe, it's okay to let this be sticking the toe in the water kind of thing instead yeah. of like jumping in like yeah, be thoughtful, be and that that to to try things out and and maybe also where it's uncomfortable because yeah, changing any pattern in your life is going to feel a little bit weird at first, and to say all right, I'm, am I willing to at least try for a, uh, to to get to get beyond at least the it's new and therefore scary to me? Like okay, I'm going to try this for long enough. I'm willing to what, what is this what is this doing for me? Not just I tried it for five minutes when I was hungry and therefore I gave it up, but like okay, to live with it, I like, guess to, to to let it let it simmer for a little bit. Um, but mindfully with the advice of other folks who can be helpful in what, what's, what's safe to do for your physical health as well. Yeah. So um, we'll be looking at other spiritual practices then uh, in further episodes, but uh, thanks for listening this time here on Crazy Faith Talk. See you all. Bye.